Psalm 124 is our passage this morning. A song of the sense of David. This is the word of the Lord. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away and the torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you for this reminder that our escape is only because of you. If it had not been the Lord, we would have been trapped. We would have been caught in the floods. The floods would have raged over us. Lord, I pray that we would just recognize through the teaching of this word this morning just how much you are watching over us and protecting us. And Lord, I pray that you would teach us humility to recognize that like that image of the snare, or the net of the fowler, it falls on us, and it's only because you tear it open that we are able to escape. It's not as if through our own wisdom and righteousness we are somehow able to avoid that net. It falls on us. But you have set us free. Our sin not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross, and we bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh, our souls. Lord, may you be glorified in the teaching of your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. It's, uh, it's good. Um, I remember um, I've been told before, uh, when in doubt, tell the truth. Um, so it's good. It's good to tell the truth. My mom always just left off the when in doubt. Just tell the truth no matter what, whether you're in doubt or not. Just, just tell the truth. Um, the truth is good, right? Uh, there, but there are some truths that we don't need, we don't necessarily need to tell people. Um, I, I personally am a, am a bad singer, and I can't, I can't carry a tune. Um, I'm just bad, and, and I, but I know it, so no one needs to tell me that. But if you had a friend who was just a bad singer, and they loved to sing, and, and you weren't sure if they realized they were bad or not, but they were just going about their life, making a joyful noise to the Lord, and you're just working under the assumption that the Lord is indeed enjoying it. He is long-suffering and whatever, and so he's, he, he, it, is, it is real worship for him. And, uh, and so you just don't tell them anything. You don't ever go alongside them and say, hey, you know, you're a really bad singer. It, truth, i got to tell the truth, because, you know, the Bible says, tell the truth. Here's the truth. You shouldn't be singing. You're bad. And we don't do that. We don't do that. There's a lot of truths we don't say unless we are pressed, right? Unless we are, unless someone says, hey, what do you think about my singing? And then... You like, oh, well, it's not, it's not good. And, and, um, but unless we're asked, we're probably going to keep a lot of those kinds of truths to ourselves. But Scripture, though, has for us um, truths that we need to say out loud. E- even if, um, even if the, like, the opportunity doesn't arise, we still need to say them out loud. We need to make it a habit. We need to have a, a regularly scheduled time where we say certain truths out loud. Because we need to hear them from other people and they need to hear them from us. 
And so what we have to realize when we're working through the Psalms of Ascent is that these songs were given to God's people for when they were traveling. These were regularly scheduled songs. So, so as, as families or as, as whole groups like caravans would travel together from wherever they lived to Jerusalem um, to, to worship with God's people, these 15 songs were given to them to sing. And so there'd be a few times a year, like around Passover time and, and different times like that, where they would be going to Jerusalem while they were going to Jerusalem, they must sing these songs. These are songs that God has given them to sing while they travel. There are, there are truths that God wants His people to say out loud to each other. He, that God wants His people to hear from each other. This is very much like the, the command we have in the New Testament. There's a couple of places where the New Testament tells us you, you are to address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You're to sing and make melody in, in your heart to the Lord. And so, and so that's kind of what we're aiming for, for instance, in our congregational singing. We, we want the, the congregation to be heard when we're singing. Um, I, lo- I mean, I can hear, um, it, Rebecca Shoemaker is, is very loud. I think she was trained in like the opera or something. She's very loud. She's a very good singer. But even as loud and as, and as beautifully as she sings, I can still hear you guys a lot on Sunday morning. And I love it. I love it. We want to hear each other sing. We're commanded to sing to each other. On Sunday mornings, you're not only singing to God, you're singing to each other, which means you're, you're singing for the encouragement and the edification and the teaching and the building up of each other. We're singing for the honor of God, of course. We're singing so, so He will have joy, of course, for His praise, but we're also singing to to strengthen and encourage each other. There are truths that we need to hear from each other. That was true when David wrote this psalm. Then it was, it was true at generations later as, as people used this psalm for a traveling song. And it's true now. There are truths in this particular psalm here this morning that we need to hear from each other. It's got to be a regularly scheduled habit. We need to hear these truths from each other. We need to say these truths to each other. And so, so what we're going to do for our sermon this morning is we're going to look at three truths from this psalm that we need to say to each other. You can't wait for the opportunity. You've got to just build this habit into your life. Three truths that we need to say to each other. Three truths we need to say to each other. Number one. First truth, number one, God's people are saved by God alone. Verses one through three, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. Let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, we would be swallowed up. This is the first truth that we need to say to each other. We need to remind each other often. We need to remind each other often that God's people are saved by God alone. The the Old Testament is filled with these amazing salvation stories. You've got Noah's Ark. You've got the escape from Egypt. You've got stories in the lives of Joshua and Gideon and David. 
There's, there's, there's salvation story after salvation story after salvation story. All of them are pointing forward to the great salvation story. All of them are pointing forward to when Jesus Christ died on the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins. All of them are pointing forward to when Jesus Christ suffered punishment on the cross so that we could escape punishment that we deserve. They point forward to when Jesus was raised from the dead so that we could one day rise from the dead and be with God forever. Are, are you in Christ this morning? By that I mean, is, is Jesus Christ your only hope in life and death? Is He your only hope to be forgiven of your sins? Is, is, is what Christ did on the cross, is that your only hope to escape the punishment that you deserve for the sins you have committed against God? If God has done this work in your heart and in your life, then you have a salvation story to tell. And it has to begin the way this psalm begins. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. The people of God are saved by God alone. Anyone less than God could not have saved us. The people of God are saved by God alone. Why is it so important that we say this out loud? Why does it matter? I mean, it's true. Why do we have to, why do we have to actively say it to each other? What, what difference does that make? What, is it, what does it help to, to, to say this out loud, to make it a habit of, of talking about this with people? Why does it matter? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Here's a, here's a big one. Here's a big reason. Um, the, the, the reason, in a nutshell, is this. We're not going to drift into humility and thankfulness. We are called to be humble, to be thankful. We know that in order to follow Jesus, in order to glorify God, we need to be humble, thankful people. This is good for His glory. It's good for our joy. It's what we're aiming for. But we're not going to just like wake up and magically be humble and thankful. I remember when I was in high school, I went to a small Christian school and I played on the basketball team. And, um, uh, I, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I, uh, I, we, were, we were pretty good, especially for the size of our school. We were a pretty good basketball team. We beat a lot of other teams, um, which is super fun. Um, I always say, it's not whether you win or lose, it's whether you have fun. And I only have fun if I win. So, um, so it was, I, we, we, we really enjoyed it. And I started thinking, you know, I would probably enjoy this more if I could jump a little. I'm a pretty grounded individual when it comes to basketball. I stayed just kind of down on the ground and uh, couldn't jump at all. Um, and so I thought, you know what? My friend was, my friend, he's a couple years younger than me, and he was, and he said, I'm, I'm doing this program. It's going gonna, it's gonna to add like nine inches to my vertical leap. I'm going to be able to dunk a basketball. I thought, well, that sounds cool. I'll, I'll do it too. And so, and then he told me what it was. I was like, that's just a bunch of hard work. I thought we were going to like watch the NBA on TV and drink Sprite or something, and then or mix in some Gatorade here and there, and then I would, what, what is, you're just, this is a bunch of work. And so he eventually dunked, and I never did. Because I stuck with my training regimen, which was not to train. And so, um, and we were both happy. He could just jump higher. And, uh, and you know what? I've never been able to dunk. 
And you know what? I'm further away now than it was then. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I uh, not any closer. You know why? Because your 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 daily habits and your routines they shape you into who you are. We know, right, that the Spirit is the one who sanctifies us. We understand that, that the Spirit is the one who gives us the desire. The Spirit is the one who gives us the strength. The Spirit is the one who sanctifies us. But the New Testament is also clear. What you do greatly matters. You are shaped by your spiritual disciplines. I don't like spiritual disciplines. That's why they're called disciplines. There are going to be days you don't like them. You have to discipline yourself to do them. We have to, and I was like, this is uncomfortable talking with people about the fact that God and God alone saved us. How am I going to bring that into a conversation? What's the point of this? Because our, our habits, our rhythms, shape us into who we are. We are not going to ignore God's grace, never talk about God's grace with the people we love, never hear about God's grace from the people we love, and then magically in 18 months just wake up and we, we're humble, and thankful. Our rhythms, our routines matter. So so we need to do this. The people in our lives need to hear it. We need to say it. We need to hear it from other people. We need to remember, actively remember, that the people of God are saved by God alone. Second truth that we have to we have to say out loud to each other. We, may, we have to make a, make a routine out of, a habit out of. A second truth is this. God's people are saved from incredible danger. God's people are saved from incredible danger. Verses 2 through 7. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We, were, we, have, we have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Not only are, people, are God's people saved by God alone, we are also saved from incredible danger. I don't know if you're like me, but my, my heart and my mind, I get, um, I get filled up. I get consumed with the cares of this life. I get so easily frustrated. And here are the things, I, when I was writing this, these notes out, the, the, just the first few things that came to my mind, and, and you could add a, a bunch of your own, and, and these are not even really that big of a deal. I'm looking at them now, I'm like, eh, this, I, this is fine. I, I don't know why I cared about this, but I, I get frustrated when people misunderstand me. I get frustrated when my, when my loved ones are sick and I can't do anything to, to make it better. I get frustrated when I get sick or when I get tired or when my limitations are very apparent. I get frustrated when I fail. Um, there, are, there have been a few times recently where it's clear people don't think I'm, I'm good enough. It's not fun to, to, to hear that. We get frustrated by our own anxiety and fear. And then you pile on other kinds of bigger heartbreaks and griefs and sorrows. None of what I said here is especially unique or especially difficult. It's not harder than what anybody else is going through. But those kinds of things fill our hearts. 
They chip away at our joy. They chip away. They, they, they make us cranky and irritable and edgy. They, they make us panicky and anxious. This is part of what it means to be human. And so this is also part of why we need to say this particular truth to each other. This is why we need to hear this particular truth from each other. That we were, in sa- we were saved from incredible danger. The flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. We were ensnared like a bird in a trap. And we were waiting for judgment to come down upon our head. And it was judgment we deserved. It was judgment we deserved. And there was nothing we could do about it. But God Himself intervened. He interposed His great love. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Our sin is is nailed to the cross and we bear it no more. And because we bear it no more, it it means that the hell that we deserve, we we have escaped. We were on. You were on your way to eternal punishment in hell. I was on my way to eternal punishment in hell. If you are in Christ, if you have believed the Gospel, then, then, then what you believe this morning, let me just remind you out loud what you believe. You, you believe that you were on your way to hell. The flood of God's wrath would have swept over you. And God would have been perfectly holy and perfectly just to let you suffer eternally for the sins that you have committed, to to suffer infinitely for sins that you have committed against an infinite God. But God Himself intervened. We need to remember this. Because our hearts get fixated on our current struggles. They just do. And that's not, I mean, I'm not saying, oh, that makes you a sinful, weak person. No, it just makes you a person. It just makes you a human. We, we, just, we, we are filled with immediate concerns. We need this truth rattling around in our hearts and minds. Um, I stopped playing basketball seriously, and, 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 and then I started coaching youth soccer. Um, after my children got old enough to be in youth soccer, I, I started coaching youth soccer, and I've now I've coached it since... Abby was like four or five, and so I've coached it for a long time. And, um, and it's easy. You have to be able to do two things. You have to be able to tie little kids' shoes. Um, that's a big part of the job. Maybe, maybe 45, 50% of the job is tying shoes. Um, and then the other part is saying the same six phrases over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. You don't have to... I, 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 my teams... My teams have won games against teams that were better than us, and that was because I was the louder coach. I was saying the same thing that the other coach was saying. I was just saying it louder. And so my teams just kind of remembered everything better because I was always yelling at them, and they could hear me from all over the field. Um, it's just, and it's the same six things. You guys can memorize them, and you guys could have a, a successful youth coaching career. And by career, I mean it's completely voluntary. Um, and you get carpal tunnel from all the shoe tying. But anyhow. Here's one of the phrases we just have to say to each other often. We just have to say to it, 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 we have to say it to each other often. Often. 
And just keep saying it. Just make it a habit to say it to each other, to hear it from each other. Christian, you were on your way to hell and Christ saved you. I was on my way to hell and Christ saved me. And so when we hear it, when we hear it out loud, it actually does do something for us, doesn't it? It does stir us to love God. It does help us to, to put our other troubles into perspective. And it doesn't take the troubles away. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, we are sorrowful yet rejoicing. We, we have troubles still. But there is real, concrete help to remember, to hear, to say, you were on your way to hell. And Christ saved you. We must remember these things together. God's people are saved by God alone. And God's people are saved from great danger. And then finally, number three, God's people are saved forever. God's people are saved forever. Verse 8 says, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. So not only are we saved by God alone, and not only are we saved from great danger, but we are saved forever. The, the, The God who made heaven and earth has saved us. The eternal God has committed Himself to us. That's what's bound up in that word name. God, God, we know God's name. We know Him by name. He, he knows us by name. Our name is etched on His hands. We belong to Him. He is on our side. It may not be incredibly popular to say this, but God's not on everyone's side. And you don't get to just decide whether God's on your side or not. But if He is on your side... If you are in Christ, then He is on your side and He will be forever. You've heard Romans 8, 31-39 read out loud many times in your life, and you've read it probably many times in your life. Hear it again. Hear it again. What then shall we say to these things? This is, this is Paul's take on David's psalm. What shall then we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is on our side, who cares who lines up against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, and just in case you're not clear, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You and I do not keep ourselves safe. We did not save ourselves. We are not safe right now under our own power. And we are not safe forever because of ourselves. 
God is the one who has saved us. God is the one who keeps us. God is the one who will save us forever. When tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, or we could throw in a few other things like if anxiety or depression or inflation or accusations or cancer or anything else in all creation comes upon us, we do not have to keep ourselves safe. We cannot keep ourselves safe. We did not and could not save ourselves. We were on our way to hell for the sins that we had done. Only God could and did save us. So only God will be our salvation going forward. Death itself cannot separate us from the love of Christ. I want to talk for a minute here on... Again, I want to, I want to say, just in case... Um, because it's not. It's, it's not. it's not always readily apparent. Because we, we believe this stuff, but then why do we need to keep saying it? That's the question, right? Why do it, it, we believe it? You know, it, it's sort of like I, I, I told my wife I loved her when I married her. Why do I need to keep saying it? You know, um, why do we have to keep saying it? What good does it do? Nothing's changed. What good does it do to keep talking about it? Um, well, for instance, I've seen. Um, lots of stories, read lots of stories, heard about lots of stories, and then I've also seen it up, up, hand, up, up close and personal, firsthand, um, where pastors commit all kinds of abuse. Where, where pastors, they take their, uh, uh, they use their authority to take what they want from the women in their church. They use their authority to take what they want from the church bank accounts. And, and, and lots of other ways. I've, I've seen where pastors commit all kinds of abuse. And then and also we, we've seen, and this doesn't happen anywhere near as much, but every once in a while in those stories, you also see where, where the leadership of the church knew about it and just kind of let them get away with it. I mean, sometimes as soon as they hear about it, they put, a, they put an end to it. They bring it to light right away. But then sometimes the leadership of the church turns a blind eye to it. How does this happen? Why does this happen? I'm not going to, take, I'm not going to give all the reasons this morning, but a big part of the reason is they, they, they forget who it is that saves people. They, they think that because a pastor has had a successful ministry and there's been lots of good stuff that's happened while he's been the pastor, the, the pastor himself and the leadership of the church thinks we can't lose that. The pastor starts to think, well, I can just get, kind of get away with, with anything because, because I'm, I'm integral to the mission. I'm important to the mission. Like, they, like this, this church rises and falls on me being here. Me doing my thing. So I can kind of, I can kind of get whatever I want from whoever I want. I deserve it. Look at all the stuff I've done. And, and, and if they're not careful, the, the leadership of the church can have fall into that same kind of way of thinking as well. Oh, we can't lose him, because if we lose him, then, then what's going to happen? We go off the rails. When we start to think that anyone but God is our salvation. In the past in the present, and going forward from this time forth and forevermore. You guys don't need me. I'm not saving anybody. 
Our only hope is in the name of the Lord who makes heaven and earth. And so this is a big deal for, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, just a big problem for pastors and church leaders, but it's also just a problem for us as people, right? Like me, not as a pastor, not you as a church leader, but just us as husbands and as wives and as parents and as neighbors and as, as fellow church members, just as people, we, it, it gets right into our lives on, on that level as well. I mean, because why do we lie and gossip? It's to protect ourselves. It's to, it's to protect our reputation. Why are we not as generous as we could be? It's usually to protect our, our savings fund or our time. or, or we're, we're, we're protecting ourselves. Why do we shrink back from telling the truth when we're in a difficult conversation with someone that we love? Why do we shrink back from telling the truth? I don't mean like you're a bad singer. I mean truth that needs to be told. Why do we shrink back from telling? It's because we want to protect that relationship. We don't want to lose it. Why do we shrink back from serving people and loving people and engaging with people and praying for people? Why do, we, why do we shrink back from befriending people? Because we're trying to protect our own agenda, protect our own time, protect our own interests. We are always in self-preservation mode. We are. We're just, we're just anxious. We're just panicky. We want to protect ourselves. Protect what we have. This is what happens when we forget that it's God who has brought us safe thus far. God is going to bring us home. When we forget that, we become silly and pragmatic and sinful. We make, we make silly, selfish, in-the-moment choices. We, can't, we, we, just, we cannot go all in on, on loving God and loving our neighbor following Jesus, come what may, sticking close to the truth of the Word of God, come what may. We can't go all in if we're wrapped up in some sort of weird self-preservation project. So it's good for us to remember when we're wrapped up in saving a few bucks, it's good for us to remember God and God alone has saved us from hell. When we're wrapped up in saving our reputation, it's good to remember God and God alone has saved us from hell. When we're wrapped up in saving our me time. Got to watch out for me. Got to take care of myself. It's good for us to remember God and God alone has saved us from hell. We must say with the Apostle Paul and with King David, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth and He did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all. How will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? Psalm 124 has a fun, a fun Reformation era story tied to it. John Dury was a was a pastor in Scotland in the late 1500s. Um, and he was, as many people were back then, he was imprisoned for preaching the gospel. Um, and that that those words from Romans 8, we're on everybody's lips. We are, we are being killed all the day long. For your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And so there were many of uh, John Dury's uh, contemporaries, his fellow ministers who literally had been slaughtered like sheep. And who knows if he was going to be released or if he was going to be executed. It was a 50-50 thing back then. 
he was, thankfully, released. And when he was released, his congregation met him at the prison gates and they walked down the the main street of Edinburgh and they they sang this psalm. They sang Psalm 124. And soon they were followed um, and they were were joined by almost 2,000 believers walking the main street and just belting out this psalm at the top of their lungs. God had delivered their pastor from certain death. He was a sheep before the slaughter. He was, he was ensnared in the fowler's net. And, and God had given him escape. Blessed be the Lord. God had delivered him from certain death. Now, of course, there were many other pastors in Europe in the late 1500s who were also imprisoned for preaching the gospel, and they never made it out of prison. So, so God delivered John Dury from death, but many of his contemporaries were delivered through death. Because either way, God did not abandon them. Nothing can separate them from the love of God in Christ Jesus their Lord. And so perhaps God will deliver you from, and and when these things come upon you, I certainly pray God will deliver you from tribulation or distress or persecution or danger or sword or depression or inflation or accusations or cancer. And I pray God will deliver you from them. But we also know, perhaps God will use one of these to deliver you to Himself. Either way, one day, we will gather with John Dury. We will gather with his fellow courageous ministers. Some of them, some of them walked out and rejoined their congregations. Some of them lost their heads. Either way, we will gather with those hundreds who at that time will have their heads back. Just, I don't want weird mental pictures. We will gather with hundreds. Actually, we'll gather with thousands upon thousands. And like they walked the streets of Edinburgh, we're going to walk the streets of the new heavens and the new earth. And we were going to sing a song very much like Psalm 124. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Blessed be the Lord. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the followers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. One day we will sing a song much like that with saints from many, many ages. Until then, we need to keep saying these truths to each other. We will get derailed if we don't. We need to remind each other and remind ourselves we are saved by God alone. We are saved from incredible danger and we are saved forever. Let's pray together. God, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for this little psalm. We thank You for all that it has in it for us. We thank You for the many beautiful salvation stories in the Old Testament. And we thank You for the big salvation story in the New Testament. We thank You that You did not spare Your own Son, but gave Him up for us. And so we can be confident that You you are our salvation In the past, You are our salvation right now. And You are our salvation going forward. Nothing can separate us 
from your love that we have in Christ Jesus. We thank you for him. It's in his name we pray. Amen.